0: You know, you were doing something one way thinking that you are the greatest and then you have, you know, your mentor, for instance, Yannick, you know, senior engineering manager from Facebook, tell you that, you know, effectively, you're <laughs> a complete moron. <laughs> 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 it's exactly how you're not supposed to do it. Um,
1: Welcome back to episode 142. I'm Lucas Scrobot, and this is the Lucas Scrobot Show. This is the second segment with Masood. We have been talking about phase row. We've been talking about micro, macro economics, front-end development, but really we're not talking about web development. We're talking about a framework of how we can grow ourselves, how we can position ourselves to solve real problems that that help the world around us and create economic gain. Why? Is it because we're greedy capitalists and we want to make more money? No. It's because if we are productive members of society, we're going to actually end up helping other people to become more productive as well. So if you haven't heard that first episode, I highly recommend you go back and listen to the beginning of this conversation that we are going to continue right here on the show. So Masood, I I wanted to, to ask you, I read this tweet the other day, something, something, you know, crass along the lines of a trillionaire, what the blink is that? And I'm going to kill that person. And I thought to myself, (laughs) wow, this person has such a narrow view of what trillionaires or billionaires really do. And in in some ways you've just set up an argument um, or you seem to be implying to an argument of saying Hey, actually, by creating wealth, you actually in turn create more wealth, and an, you begin to create an ecosystem of of capital gain or of of helping or of growing an economy, growing people. Really, that's what we're talking about. When we yeah. when we grow an economy and we increase a GDP, it's not just wow, we have more gold that we're throwing around our house and benjamins. <laughs> but it's actually changing real life. It's actually changing the longevity and the quality of life for so many people. So I, I'm slow pitch down the middle yeah. for you. <laughs> I want to know, what do you think about the billionaires of Silicon Valley that are just so horrible that should give their money away to <laughs> um, everyone else?
0: That's a interesting one. I, I've gone actually, uh, yeah, I've changed my opinion about this uh, re- no, not recently, in the last five, ten years. Initially, my my gut instinct was, you know, that's, that's just, you know, synonymous with the greed.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm, <laughs> sure think- <laughs> I'm sure there's some in there. I'm sure there's some in there.
0: And I think, yeah, maybe, yeah, some of the people in that class, uh, you know, that, that might be fitting. But I think, just logically speaking, you know, if you... Are directly related, or you have a direct cause of creating, or you know, a, a, a economic activity, uh, and you've you know you've you've brought together all the resources, and you put together all of these processes that can unlock significant value. And if you have a piece of that, you own a piece of that thing that you created that's worth hundreds of billions of dollars, and you happen to own a few percentage points of it. Fair enough. I mean, gee, that you've earned it. You've, you've totally earned it. I mean, I mean, to really make it very simple. Right. Um, I, I don't right. see, I don't see there's anything inherently wrong, uh, with, with that. However, I will say that I do believe that, you know, you know, becoming a billionaire uh, comes, you know, there's a lot of obligation that comes with, ha- you know, having that kind of, uh, wealth concentrated in a very small you know number of people or an individual.
1: So, you know, especially, and it's not just America, I mean, my Instagram feed is filled with most people from around the globe, and it's this sediment of billionaires are bad, and they are, you know, stealing money and hoarding money, and we need to steal, you know, Robinhood, we need to steal from the poor and redistribute wealth across the globe, and or steal from the rich, sorry, redistribute wealth across the globe and give, you know, to those in need. Um, what is your opinion on, on what is it that, you know, these tech startup companies in Silicon Valley or the thing that you're building, what What does it actually do? What does Jeff Bezos actually do for global economy? How, you know, you're in this, this VC world, which, so many people say is so vicious and it's all about the bottom dollar. Mm -hmm. But it it seems to be, you're saying, no, this is the way that I view that I'm actually able to leverage what the gifts and the talents, the God-given abilities that I have to actually transform others' lives and transform a community.
0: Yeah, I I mean, just look at the statistics, right? Most of the biggest companies that have changed fundamentally the way we live our life today are venture-backed. Right. For good or for bad, you know, Amazon, Facebook, so now, Baba, so now when you cent, say, I'm going to interrupt <laughs> you.
1: Now, when you say change our lives today, like quant, like qualify that or quantify, you mean like I'm able to order something and, you know, I don't have to wait or it's changing people's lives because they have jobs, they have a, a means of income
0: on both on both ends of the spectrum on both ends of the spectrum you know ultimately as you said earlier and i really believe that all of what we're trying to do here ultimately the purpose of the economy is to create win-win outcomes that result in higher quality of life for everybody that's to me fundamentally what all of this is about uh and so that that happens on both ends of the spectrum so if you venture back something like tencent or uh, ali uh, you know alipay or alibaba right. or amazon even well then you know, you create a higher quality of life because we're able now to essentially expand our time instead of wasting time or spending time doing monotonous things. You can press a button, have things arrive at your door, and you can do stuff I, that I you actually it. want to be doing. I love it. It's great. Uh, I, yeah. And then on the flip side of that, you know, that's creating opportunities uh, for the person who's delivering your, your your goods, right? And and they can make an honest uh, living uh, that initially was not possible for.
1: So, so, it's, it's, yeah, so when, when. I, I totally agree with you. Of course, I set you up for that question, but I wanted to get <laughs> that out there because because you're you're an example of that you're you want to transform your society and you're not doing it by, you know, going to government or going somewhere and saying, hey, give me money so that I can give it to someone else. But you're doing it by creating sustainable wealth generating um, businesses that are going to that are have this ecosystem where they continue to multiply and and uh spread as it goes, but so for so many people, I want to bring this home for for the listener for so many people, they're like, well, that's great um i'm I'm like Masoud in two thousand and fifteen and or his friends who are working hard who who just can't seem to get their foot in the door, they can't seem to find that angle they're they're qualified. They have great CVs, or maybe they don't. What are some of the things that that you have learned in your process that you can give to someone else so that they can essentially begin on a path similar to yours, whether it's in the tech world or in the art world, whatever it might be, to to begin to develop and grow into their their picture of success?
0: Um. Uh I, I'm not sure I'm the right person to, well, <laughs> to give any kind of advice to be on this. I mean but. but you but you
1: are I mean you are like what 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 were some of the core building blocks that got you from you know broke and unemployed yeah. to <laughs> to having hired a, you know a large number of people, 30, 40 people.
0: Um I, I think it's a combination of persistence. Uh, you're going to go through lots of notes and lots of people telling you that what you're saying is fundamentally flawed. Uh, and, and you need to be able to uh, segue to the second point, which is you need to be able to put your ego aside and look at it objectively. Is what they're saying logical or not, despite me having spent a ton of time and effort and uh, publicly stated one thing. And, you know, after speaking with a number of people and they're telling me otherwise and I didn't mm. go back to the drawing board to look at the data. I'm like, Oh, actually mm. I was wrong. Uh, I, I think that's something that you really need to be able to do. Um, you know, basically, you know, be very objective and to do that, you do need to, yeah, you need to stuff that ego real fast. Um, the other, I would say is, uh, I know this is cliche, but your network is your net worth. I, I right. really believe this more so than ever. Like, relationships, relationships, relationships. How, how, do you, you, f- how
1: do you find those? Right? <laughs> we all hear that all the time. And, yeah. and I think most of us are like, yeah, that's a nice Instagram meme. But how, <laughs> yeah. if you don't feel like you have a network, what do you do to find networks? What do you do to find mentors? Like how do you, how does someone get that in their life if they don't have it?
0: Awesome. <laughs> Honestly, the number of, Uh, mentors, official advisors to our our new fund that we're raising $100 million, I found them on LinkedIn, like just politely asked. uh, You'd be surprised how many people actually will give you at least five minutes of your time. Uh, And then it's on you (laughs) to make that five minutes convert to a follow-up meeting and a follow-up. And then eventually, uh, if nothing else, even just take that very, very loose tie and turn it into a slightly stronger tie and do that over and over again.
1: What are some of the ways that, that you ask? Like, you know, I, I could easily see someone be like, well, that's great, I've already done that, I've slid into 100 people's DMs and I said, hey, give me a job. You know, what, yeah. like, th- there has to be a, a way, you know, you, you didn't slide into someone's DM on <laughs> yeah. LinkedIn or their in-mail in and say, hey, yeah. do you wanna invest $100 million into my fund on this Somali yeah. kid? We're doing a really yeah, amazing no, that, stuff. That sounds like a, you need me. a scam. You need me. How do, how, how do you, what are some of the steps that you have, you have used to build those relationships? Cause I, I'm sure that it's not one, you know, in box, and next, thing you know, they're putting yeah. you a hundred million dollars. Yeah, no.
0: no, I think generally if I were to distill it down to a few key elements, I would say it's it's one empathy. So, you know, try to understand what this person cares about, right? You know, if this person is a hardcore investor, don't talk to them about, you know, necessarily, you know, something that's completely unrelated, right? Uh, Figure out what makes this person tick. You know, before I email them, I'll be very frank with you, I kind of read up their profile. I said, look online, did they have any articles? What does this person, what makes this person tick? And then find that angle that resonates, right? That angle needs to be authentic too. Don't just make up stuff just so you can pretend that you have something in common. Um, and, and honestly, I just found is, is those two things together, uh, both in person or in, in mail or sliding into someone's DMs. Um, if you if you do those two things, it, eventually you're going to get their attention with a relatively high conversion rate. Um, and then it's up to you to kind of take it from there. And you know, really, you know, one of the best advice I, I heard and read, even, and it's again, it's a cliche, but I think it's true. Uh, often cliches are true. Um, and, it, you know, your goal really in that first meet uh, is, is not to do anything other than to secure a second one. Don't try to tell your whole life story <laughs> in that first meet. Um, <laughs> oh, <my. laughs> just get them hooked enough to say, yeah, I'll spare a little bit more time next time. And you can dive deeper because now you pass the intros. Um, and then, you know, kind of r- almost reneging what I said earlier, Ideally, you want warm intros. Uh, so initially, it's hard if you don't have a network at all. But that's the beauty of a lot of the stuff. It's a network, and you know you get network effects. Uh, the more you do, the easier it gets exponentially. Uh, because eventually, very quickly, particularly when you're delving into a certain sphere, and that sphere can be quite broad. Like talk about tech, uh, you know the the, the networks, especially now in a globalized world, are are quite overlapping. At least you know, let's say in within regions. Uh, and so chances are, you know, there's this key person you want to meet over time. This person probably at least knows one or maybe two people that you already know. And that just adds credibility and that increases the probability that they're going to respond to you.
1: And, and in this process, you, you know, you've, you've mentioned earlier about checking your ego at the door. Um, I mean, I, I'm sure there's got to be moments where you hit, rejection, you hit walls where you, you finally landed your mentor and you're like, finally, they're going to see how great I am. And they just tear you a new one. How do you, yeah. and, and you referenced this a little bit earlier, but I mm-hmm. wanted to kind of circle back to that and and end on that. If you could just unpack a little bit more, some of your ethos, even in phrase of, of what does it mean to check your ego at the door? What does it mean to submit yourself to other people who have different ways of, and more experience of processing, you know, uh, data or systems. And what do you do with that failure of, of when your ego gets bruised?
0: Yeah. I mean, this is a culture that I, I've been working hard to, uh, instill within the organization because fundamentally what I'm trying to do here is, Ensure that we're we're constantly growing and getting to the right answer, right? We're not trying to ensure that I'm right or that you know whoever it is is right. We're just trying to get to the correct objective answer, and the only way to do that <laughs> is to leave this this filter, this 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 obfuscating you know filter, your ego, uh, and, and pack it outside. Basically, that that's kind of the the reason why I do it at least, um, and you know. And again, I think over time, it's kind of like, you know, you you build muscle memory over time. Initially, it gets difficult when, you know, you are doing something one way, thinking that you are the greatest. And then you have, you know, your mentor, for instance, Yannick, you know, senior engineering manager from Facebook, tell you that, you know, effectively, you're (laughs) a complete moron. (laughs) 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 That's exactly how you're not supposed to do it. Um, Yeah, you know, it stings a little bit. But again, if you're true to your mission, I think you can lick your wounds relatively quickly and, and kind of move on. Uh, and then over time, you know, for lack of a better expression, you start to build calluses and um, you're just like, yeah, OK, it was a stupid thing. OK, what's the correct thing? L- let's move on, because ultimately, you know, and this is what I say in the company. It's not about me. It's not about you. Everything we do is about growing this vision and, and turning it into a reality. Uh, and maximizing impact. So literally down to how we write notes and like write it in the third person. Whenever there's, you know, over communicate, um, you know, think about building systems because, you know, tomorrow you're going to move on as, you know, employee X. Um, We want very easily to bring in employee Y so that we can continuously grow this business, right? Because ultimately it's not about me. It's not about you. So even myself, I want to grow it in a way that you know, if I had to leave, the systems itself are so robust and in place that I can, you know, essentially replace myself with relative ease. And this company will not just sustain, but continue to grow. Uh, so like, that's to me why I think checking your ego is like super duper important because it's probably one of the most selfless, it's the fundamental building block of like, I don't know, selflessness.
1: I don't know. That's the- <laughs> I, I love it. I think, you know, w- one thing that you said is, you know, we have to put aside our, like, my I meaner ego. Put aside our pride, our desire to be right, and open up to to the high probability that we are wrong in a lot of things in life. I I've recently heard, um, you know, talking about marriage. You know, if I if I thought that I was right a hundred percent of the time, in even ninety nine percent of the time in my marriage, what would that say? About my ability to choose a mate. Wait, you're saying that <laughs> I decided to choose someone that I thought was fundamentally wrong a hundred percent of the time? Yeah. Wow, way to go, Lucas. You dumb. Yeah, you stupid. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. So it's like opening ourselves up to the fact that, like, wait, okay, I'm I'm probably wrong a lot. You know, probably more than fifty percent of the time when you have more than one per- other person in the room. Even when you're by yourself, you're wrong a lot. And so I think mm-hmm. realizing that, okay, we want to get down to the, the truth that the the right answer that exists outside of my POV, outside of my opinion, outside of my feelings, right? So, you know, ego, what you're talking about, is just wrapped up in feelings. It's wrapped up in our entitlements. Yes. It's wrapped up in, you know, our our offense. Like, oh, I'm just so Even offended. Security, that-
0: yes, absolutely. Even insecurities to a certain degree. Um 100%. It, it, it's 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 a painful exercise but it's necessary for for personal growth and it's necessary for whatever your project's growth is. It and and vice versa like it will be a big part of the downfall if you don't get this in check relatively early.
1: Yeah, and the the earlier the better and um it's it's definitely not easy. It's definitely eating humble pie. You know, no one likes yeah. to eat humble pie, but it's apologizing it's learning to say sorry, learning to say I was wrong, and not stonewalling for days because that's probably a fast way to get fired if you just give people in <laughs> your office the silent treatment when you've been proven wrong. Oh. So, And then the other thing that I, I really loved, and it's kind of like a dud no bringer, everyone says it, but it's so true. It's building systems. Um, and I think that is way more, I mean, for me in my life, that is way easy to say and way difficult to do. We have time for one last, one last, you know, spurt of inspiration and wisdom from you. How, if if someone has their their company or even their life, what is one, one thing that they can do to actually begin to implement and build systems? How do we start doing that in our life?
0: I mean, yeah, honestly, God, I'm figuring it out myself. <laughs> That's encouraging, <laughs> I think uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think um I think there I think probably two things, one is start, <laughs> I think a big part of you know doing something that's really daunting, something that you've never done before, um or something you you know you think you might not be able to do is just start because we have this tendency to over optimize and early on and try to perfect before we start. And then we just never start. And this thing gets super complicated from day one and you haven't built a habit around it and then you fail and you just kind of go back to the drawing board. So honestly, one thing is like, just keep it simple and just start, you know, that it's not going to be perfect from day one and have this mentality that yes, I want to get here. Okay. And I'm going to start here and I know it's not going to be perfect, but again, I'm going to check my, my ego as I go through this process and let the feedback from whatever the feedback might be, it might be a person, it might be data that tells me otherwise and I will adjust course and and, and understand that it's a journey. It's not this thing that you can just like drop one day and okay, now we have a system. And it gets exponentially more complex when you add another individual.
1: So what you're saying is if you haven't started yet, don't sit at the drawing board and try to figure out some robust system that's gonna be perfect and you're stuck at the drawing board trying to figure out your system for weeks, days, months, the rest of your life, you're saying, okay, well, you know, the action that you need to take, screw your system, start action, action, action. And then as those action builds up, you have these lines and layers and layers and layers. You can then distill that and say, once you've learned what you need to do, you can distill that into saying, okay, well, now that I've done it, I figured out what, kind of works and what doesn't work and what's easier and what's harder. And then I can begin to put in, I can rough in a system. And as I work with that roughed in system, I can begin to fine tune that system. Is that right?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it's a journey, um, uh, that, yeah, that, that takes a lot of time and effort. <laughs> um, but you got to start, because if you don't start, then geez, it's never going to happen basically. Um, and then of course, you know, the other, the other element is, um, Obviously, check your ego and, and talk to people who uh, have done something similar before and, and learn from them. That's always a useful thing to do. I know a lot of people who, um, again, because of their ego, are like, no, I'm not going to talk to someone and see how they did it. I'm going to build this thing. from No, you like it's already been figured out. Chances are, whatever you're trying to do, for the most part, fundamentally, has been figured out already. Start there and then iterate over that and, and tailor to your specific requirements.
1: I love that. Marsud, thank you yeah. so much for your time. And I'm finally glad that we nailed this time. Yeah, likewise. It Some, your advice <laughs> is just so gold. Um, If, it, you know, those who are listening, please look him up on LinkedIn. His his infos in the show notes and his the website, Fazro, is also in the show notes. I don't, Marsud, I don't think you're on Instagram. At least your company is, but I, I have found I'm you.
0: I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm a, I'm, yeah, I'm a recluse like that. You won't find me in, on social media that often.
1: But I am on Twitter. But he is on Twitter, <laughs> and I think you're single. Is that right? Uh,
0: yes, but depends. De- 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 <laughs> Where depends. is this going? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But, but you know, no, I have enough slide, into, slide <laughs> into his DM on LinkedIn,
1: or maybe find his mom, and she can, um, you know, set you up for a meeting for <laughs> or something like that. But, <laughs> Rasud, thank you so much. Um, Honestly, just thank the whole you. checking your ego um, systems. And I, I think the overarching thing that I kept on hearing again was solve problems. How can you solve problems? How can you develop um, mindsets and ways of thinking to be able to solve whatever problem comes your way? So thank you so much for being on the show.
0: Absolutely. It's a pleasure. And I'll just say one thing about growing your network. Um, uh, feel free to add me on LinkedIn. And if you have anything that's related to what I can help with, I'll do my utmost to do so. So here you go.
1: Amazing. That is all that we have for the the conversation with Marsud today. But stick around because we have two more segments of the show for you. The first segment, we're going to digest and break down and some of the things that I saw the highlights for me in this conversation that I want to just process with you um, for a little bit, just just as I personally process some of the things that we were talking about. And second, we have a Weaver and Loom segment to end this episode. So some of the, the, the biggest thing that I took out of this was solving real problems. And I think, man, so many times in my life, I find that I I think that I'm solving problems, but they're really just problems that I've made up in my head and I haven't actually connected with people, with individuals, whether it's connecting with my wife, connecting with my kids, connecting with my customers, or connecting with you to figure out, well, what is your problem and, and what are you looking to solve that problem? What are you hiring out to solve that problem? For instance, if you're hungry, you could hire out a banana to solve your hunger, or you could hire out a burger to solve your hunger. What are you hiring out to solve your problems? And when we flip that around, when we think that people are hiring us out, not just at our job, not just at work, but in everything that we do, in our relationships, how can we fill the you know the love tank, the emotional equity that we have with our kids, with our friends? With our spouses, our husbands, our wives, how can we fill that emotional love tank? How can we build those strong bonds and strong relationships through solving real problems? For you know, an example for my wife, you know, and this is the classic example of you know when she comes to me with with a problem or is coming to me with something that's heavy on her heart. I want to solve the problem. Well, hey babe, it's easy. Just do this. She's like, "Well, that's that's not why I came to you with this. I came to you because the problem that I'm looking to solve right now is relational connection. I'm looking to connect emotionally with you to bond that relationship, not necessarily to know what the right thing to do in the situation is." So I think that that's a, a small example. Of Sometimes we think we're we're going to a client and we're trying to solve their problem when really there's deeper things that are going on that we need to focus on. We need to hone in on, identify, and then figure out how to reframe that to them to actually solve their need, to solve their problem because that's how we create value in the world. That's how we become valuable individuals. That's how we grow and influence with people. We grow and influence with stopping, focusing, and seeing them for who they are as valuable individuals, I I thought that was just an overall theme. Um, I I loved even just at the very end of our conversation, it was just getting, just so spot on. Just some of the things that Masood was saying, um, checking the ego at the door, you know, here at at own at uh, at the Lucas Scrobot show which used to be called own the future but now uh, that is the tagline that's the promise that's what we're doing we are looking to 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 uncover our purpose what is our purpose what is my purpose why am i here what was i shaped and, for, and created to do created for and then what is truth like just like marsut said like looking outside of yourself what is the right answer in this situation finding that truth, and then taking that responsibility to own the future. And and back to the ego thing right here, I don't know if you can see it, but it says, hello, it's a little picture, a sticker of a name tag. It says, hello, my name is absolute nobody. It's this idea that we are called to serve. We are called to work in the shadows, not hide in the shadows, not be woe is me and an absolute nobody, but to say, look, I am willing to lay my life down to serve other people. I am willing to be a quote unquote nobody, Masood, even though so many people look up to him and say that he's someone. You know, we got off the 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 call and we we talked a little, I talked a little longer with Masood, and he was saying how, you know, he is you know, pulling double shifts, trying to get, you know, different deals off the ground. Why is that? Because he's a servant. He is, he's laid himself down to serve his employees, to serve his clients, to serve his investors. And when we realize that we have to check our ego and when we're, we're growing in favor, when we're growing in leadership, when we're growing in influence, it actually looks like having more problems, having more people who aren't self-starting, aren't self-initiating, that we have to manage and grow and push them in the right direction. And so that checking that ego of not being above cleaning the floors, not being above doing the dishes, not being above the, the dirty, messy work that so many of us don't want to do, and not being above being wrong. Uh, when when Masood was talking about, about uh, networking, um, so good. It's just, just such sound wisdom advice. I think so many of us no matter what stage of life we're in, we want to grow our network. And many of us probably feel like, I mean, myself included, I'm like, well, my network has gotten to me to where I am, but I want to go so much further with it. I want to take my network and expand it. How can I do that? Well, it takes time. It takes hard work. And and this exercise that Masood was saying is, you know, he doesn't just randomly message people on LinkedIn, but he takes time, he reads their profile, he goes to their website, he w- reads their information there, and this is what I do. When, when I'm looking to interview a guest, before I ask if they will talk to me, I could spend one or two hours poring over their articles, poring over their publications, looking at their videos, and, and finding, just as he said, what makes them tick. What are, what are they chewing on? What's in their mind right now? And then how can I come at them at an angle that resonates with them? And then how can I solve a problem for them? How can I come into their life and, and create a new opportunity, an interesting opportunity that they would find interesting so that it's not just a, hey, can I take from you? But how can I give to you as well? So when we're approaching people and working to build our network, Always think of them in mind. What's in it for them? Because guess what? They're thinking, what's in it for me? And the busier these people are, the more important they are. They they have busy lives. They have, they have responsibilities. And they have a family that also, most likely they have a family that also needs them and wants them around. So we're competing against a lot of different things. So if we can come in and be a blessing and serve and add value, that is... That is really the best way to go, to grow our networks. And it's something that we need to work on on a daily and weekly basis if we want to actually reach our dreams. So many of us have really big, huge dreams, but we sit there just thinking that our dreams are gonna happen. But like Marsud, he went and he knocked on ministers' doors And he thought that they were going to say no, but they sat down and they said yes. And they were wanting and willing to help and serve him because he wasn't coming in wanting something from them. He was coming in asking questions, seeking to learn, seeking to grow, not just saying, will you give me a job? And so it's so easy to sit and just wait for things to happen, but they're not going to happen unless we take action on them. And that is what we do here. We are a a group a tribe of people who take action who stand up and take responsibility we are a tribe of people who look at the problems that we see in front of us the things that keep us up at night that bother us the darkness that's in front of us and say that darkness there i think i have the courage to stand up against that darkness against that suffering and do something to change it i have the courage within myself to face that beast to face that dragon, to go into the belly and to come out with a solution, to come out with 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 a, a way to solve and to conquer those fears, to conquer those beasts, to conquer that wickedness, evilness, darkness that is in the world. Because believe you me, it is in the world. And that's who we are as change makers. We find problems and we solve them. And that is how we're gonna own the future, and that brings me to the last the last point from our conversation, which was the the point of learning. and And he was talking about how we, we need to create frameworks, frameworks to understand the world, frameworks to to understand how to solve unique problems, novel problems when they come at us. And oftentimes, we are looking for the right answer, or we're just trying to gain lots of different projects, you know, as that one girl was doing. She was just signing up for random course after random course, hoping to find something that would stick. And sometimes we're in that place. I understand. Oftentimes I'm, I can find myself in that place. But we have to go beyond that to say, okay, how can I develop a framework of problem solving? How can I develop a framework of analytical thinking? How can I develop a framework of seeking out and searching out truth, even if it costs me something. Because the searching out of truth will always cost us something. Because we have to give up all of our preconceived notions of what we think is true. And sometimes it costs us relationships. Sometimes it costs us, you know, fights because we we decide to speak the truth. We decide to stand up for what's right. I mean, so many people across history have lost their lives because they have decided to stand up for truth. But that's who we are here. That is who we are here. We are people who stand up for truth because it's the people that stand up for truth are the ones who ultimately shape the future, who ultimately own the future, who ultimately make the world a better place for generations to come. And guess what? You are one of those people. So thanks for being with me. And right now, stay tuned for Weaver and Loom. Welcome to Weaver and Loom, a segment of the show where we take ancient quotes, ancient wisdom, and connect them with modern principles so that we can live our lives to the fullest so that we can uncover our purpose and walk in truth and walk in our destiny. Today's quote is actually a kind of a new quote. It's not necessarily old or ancient wisdom, but it's something that's used very frequently in nursing homes across the world. And the mantra the mantra goes like this, don't do for others what they can do themselves. Don't do for others what they can can do themselves. Why is this so important? Why is this thought, this, this way of viewing the world so important for you and I as we move forward in the world, as we raise up employees, as we raise up our families, as we make decisions for our life? When we make decisions for people or when we do things for people that they are capable of doing themselves, it takes away their dignity. In nursing homes, this rule is just like a a hard and fast. If someone is able to feed themselves, the CNAs, the, the nurse's assistants, certified nurse assistants, they actually allow them to do that. If they're able to go to the bathroom by themselves, they allow them to do that. Even if the person struggles in it, even if they have a hard time, they do not strip the dignity away from that individual of doing what they are capable of. We, as human beings, we need to do what we are capable of that gives us dignity, that gives us a sense of, of capabilities. And it, it goes the same with parenting. Um, our kids, you know, our, our oldest son, he's seven, he frequently, he'll wake up, he'll turn on the stove and he'll cook eggs for all, all the family because he wants to. We've taught him but he's capable of of it. And we don't take that away from him. And we teach that to our kids. We teach our kids, if you are capable of something, then you are gonna be responsible to do it for your life. When in their conflict resolution, we are not continually interceding or stepping in to try to resolve fights between our boys. No, they are capable of that. If they reach an impasse where they're not capable of that, then they come to us and we help them. But why am I bringing this up, especially with today's episode, where we, where we talked a lot about mentorship. We talked a lot about checking our ego at the door. We talked a lot about how the private industry actually creates leverage to build up industries across nations. The reason I'm bringing it up in this episode is that so often, especially uh, the, this younger generation of millennials that that's beginning to turn towards socialistic ideas of saying, well, the government should help us. The government should pay off all of my student loans. The government should give me $2,000 a month. The government should give me a house. The government should fill in the blank. We're always pointing the finger at someone else saying, well, it's their responsibility to take care of me. And what the the progressive... Um, liberal left, the ideology of Marxism or of of socialism is to prolong adolescence, to push adolescence into the 20s and 30s and 40s. Why? So that people will be reliant on the government, reliant on the state as dad, as mom, as provider, rather than being self-sufficient and self-reliant. And so for each and every one of us, the application point is saying, if if you are able to do something do not let someone else do it for you if you are capable if you are able if you are if you are able to work if you are able to go out and provide don't allow and don't stay in systems where you're where you're essentially having codependent relationships where You're relying on someone else and you're giving something else in return. That's what socialism wants. That's what Marxism wants. It wants this codependent relationship where the individual is completely reliant on the government and the government has power and control over the individual. So my charge and my challenge to you is to evaluate one of the places in your life where you are capable of doing something but you are looking to someone else to solve your problems for you because you don't wanna do the heavy lifting, because you are used to having other people do it for you. Two, if there is an area in your life where you are not capable of doing something, but you should be or you could be or you want to be, begin to work your way out of that codependent relationship and figure out how to do it for yourself, how to make decisions for yourself in, you know, with, advisors, of course, but how can you begin to take mastery and authority over your life, over your decisions, over your direction? And number three, if you find yourself in situations where you are swooping in and doing other things for other people that they are capable of, and this has happened in my life, in my marriage, um, I thought that loving my wife was just swooping in and taking things off of her plate as much as I could. And that actually created a power imbalance in our relationship where she felt like a child in the relationship. And she felt like I took power away from her because I was doing her responsibilities for her when she's not even asking me to. And it created a very unhealthy relationship for a season. And I had to come to that realization. But so my point being, if you find yourself doing things for people that they should be able to do themselves, but you're always swooping in to save the day. You're probably in a codependent relationship of some sort with that individual, and one, you're stripping away their dignity, and two, you're not doing them any favors favors you're not helping them. So my charge and my encouragement to you is to, to think about that to think about that in your in your parenting, in your business, in the way that you're actually relating to the entire world around you, the government around you. Um, think about that, and I charge you to to take steps to change that this week. Thank you so much for being here for these two hours of the Lucas Robot Show. I am so thankful that I get to sit down and talk with you every week. We're actively working to build and grow this show. I would love, I would love to hear from you. Please send me a text on WhatsApp or a voicemail on WhatsApp one 1-202-922-0220. That's one 1- two zero two nine two two zero two two zero and ask me a question about this episode or any of the other episodes up to this point i would love to actually answer them right here on the show finally finally oh yeah my book Anchor the discipline to stop drifting it is a perfect book for you if you are in a stage a season of life Maybe you're right out of college. Maybe you're in your mid-20s and you're saying, how can I get footing? how can I get traction in my life to reach and achieve my dreams, to reach and achieve my goals, to feel like I'm not just spinning my wheels in busy work, but I'm actually being fruitful and productive along the lines of the things that I want to achieve for my life. Then this book is for you. I wrote this book out of a season of my life where I felt like everything was stripped from me. All of my metrics, all of my success measures, they were stripped away and I had to come back to the source. I had to come back to the, the foundation belief systems and algorithms that I had built for myself and realize, wait, it's broken. The things that I have been operating out of, it's broken. And so I wrote this book as really a manifesto to myself, to help myself to remember these principles. And I, I think back to this book and the principles that I wrote in this book almost every day, I'm always referring it back back to it in my mind and in my heart. So please, the link is in the show notes. Please get the book. It will help you, I promise. And if you get it and you hate it and it doesn't help you, well, message me and I'll give you your money back. Finally, I'm Lucas Scrobot, your change maker, and go out and own the future this week.